1: Hi ghosties. Welcome to Spooky Season. We're so excited that we get to re-release this best of of our last year's Halloween episode. If you want to hear a spooky story about Lindsay's rabbit and its gruesome death, <laughs> this is the episode for you.
2: <laughs> I love that we're laughing. If you like stories about rabbit murder, this is because <laughs> the the you're going to fucking you. love
3: this episode. I also would like to point out that there's maybe the only experience I ever had with demons in that episode as well. So if you've listened to demons watching over me and you're like, well, Sarai seems to not have any demon history. Well, I have one and it's in that episode. And I'm never telling that story on this podcast again because it was only fun (laughs) once.
2: If you just fucking love Halloween, because we do, we – love halloween and we love getting a little witchy and a little spooky and every year i'm trying to like take it up a notch in my decor like i want to be the motherfucking queen of halloween so if you love halloween this episode is for you because maybe you grew up going to harvest parties (laughs) and you realize those are kind of lame and you you want to put ghosts and witches in your house and you know what i did and i don't think i'm going to hell because i don't think hell is real but (laughs) that does help that does it's a fun episode we're doing a really good job at enjoying this
3: episode. Trust us. It's a fun one. So, our dear ghosties, we hope that you enjoy this haunted episode. Mm. To hell with the devil's holiday. Or harvest parties, something, something. Or suck it, ho- harvest parties. S- suck <laughs> it, harvest parties. <laughs> it <would've> been- That's <laughs> Let's call it that from now on.
2: Best of. To hell with the devil's holiday or suck it, harvest parties. We got
1: there. We got yeah. there. Without further ado...
3: I'm not practicing some kind of weird bloody wishcraft that's like let's sacrifice the <laughs> dog
1: it's so
2: Welcome to Holy Ghosting, a podcast by your middle-aged mom friends about deconstruction. I'm Lindsay, and my favorite Halloween costume was the year I went as a cat burglar. Classic black mask with a bag full of cats and a framed picture of a cat. I burgled cats.
1: And I'm Meg, and my favorite Halloween costume has to be the one I made for my son. After two years of him asking, I made him a Voltron costume, fully out of cardboard and duct tape. It's rad. I was there. I saw it. It was incredible. And
3: I'm Sarai, and my favorite costume of all time is the homicidal maniac, because they look just like everyone else. <laughs> That's a Wednesday Addams little <laughs> shout out, so I just want everyone to know I didn't make it up, in case you weren't allowed to watch The Addams Family. Oh, I was I not. have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's why way, no yeah. one laughed in this podcast. Just so everyone knows, <laughs> I gave a small courtesy laugh. I but did I appreciate did it. Get I did the not. joke. I could just tell that no one knew what I was talking about, and you were like, "No one got okay, it." Okay, is she a homicidal maniac all the time, or am I just? Should I just? be I thought cool? it was going
1: to be a punny one like Lindsay's cat
3: burglar. Yeah, I didn't. I've never done that. I didn't really like have a lot of dressing upping. I will say this is really regrettable. Like, I'm just going to be honest and say I was really mean in the. Two 2000s, but everyone else was as well. So I did dress up as the pregnant Britney Spears on the Matt Lauer interview in 2007. Mm. And my skirt was really short and I'm pretty sure everyone saw my underwear a lot of times. And then (laughs) I dressed up as Sarah Palin in 2008 and I have no regrets about that. That was the perfect costume. And I talked like her all night. It was great. That's amazing. Yeah, that's
2: adorable. We're here to talk about Halloween today, aka the devil's holiday. I'm sure that many of y'all have thoughts and feelings about Halloween. I don't know how many of our listeners grew up like we did, but it was a thing in my household. And by a thing, I mean not really a thing. Like it wasn't really celebrated. So I was thinking about it. We're coming upon Halloween. And now that I am older, I feel like my great rebellion now is I have embraced the devil's holiday. But I wanted to start with a little bit of background real quick on what its origins are and all of that. So it's celebrated on October 31st. It can be known as All Hallows Eve. It is rumored to have been started as a pagan tradition to honor uh, the spirits of the dead. People have taken it and run with it a million different directions, but you know, now we think of it as a fun holiday with ghosts and ghouls and candy and cute children, right? So, that is the origins of Halloween. Why Christians have some problems with it, because them pesky pagans started this holiday, and we can't have any of that. I do believe our friend Meg has something she would
1: like to share about Halloween as we kick off this episode. Well, first I want to ask for consent. You do not have to participate. This is a if you want to. So I brought my cards tonight and I have this idea that since I can't be with you, usually I like to have people take the deck and hold it in their hands and choose their own cards. But since we're not together and we're all in our own places tonight, I'm just going to have the deck in my hands and I'm going to be shuffling, holding different cards. I'm not going to be looking at the deck, but anytime during the evening, I would like you to say to me, I'll take your card or however you would like to address. That's my card. And then at the end, I can do a reading. I love it. Sweet. Okay. Can I ask a clarifying question?
3: Yeah. Is this process one that is for all of the Holy Ghosting
1: podcast? Or is this individually for Lindsay and I? Or is this a collective? These were going to be individual. Okay. Oh, no, I was not. Okay. I mean, that that's a fun one. I think so. I think it is. We could just, we could just individually. Because what if one of us had like an individual reading that was like
3: heartbreaking and then we we're like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. I don't want to do, do that one today. about
1: the podcast. So why don't yeah. we follow our introduction order, and we'll each pick a card. Great. Great. Love it. Perfect. Okay. We're going to do a reading for Holy Ghosting. Yes. Love it. <laughs> okay, so Halloween. Let's get into it.
2: The good and the ghouls and the goblins. Let's talk about it all. <laughs> so I freaking love Halloween. I love it. And it's only been in recent years where I've really started to embrace it. wasn't it a big thing. Mm-hmm. In my family growing up, we went to harvest parties. Can I ask Sarai, what
3: did you go to? Also, harvest parties. Okay. How
2: about you? You, so
1: I I went to Harvest. Festivals. Mm. I don't know if that we is We did different. sometimes call them a festival. Sure. But I was wondering. If was, it was it held by confused? a church? Well, I always went to Christian schools. And okay. so usually it was a harvest festival at our school. I just wanted to make sure because
2: my husband has a late September birthday and his parents were hippies. And the, his birthday was always, they turned it into like a harvest party. Like a hippie. Like we're harvesting all of our garden vegetables and we don't really believe in birthday parties. So they would invite all their friends over and he's an only child. So it was just like a general autumnal party which is really funny. So I just wanted to make sure that's we're amazing. not talking about the hippie. We're harvesting the fruits and vegetables parties. We're talking about this is the Christian alternative to Halloween.
1: On October 31st, correct, every year, no matter what day of the week it is, your church, your youth group, your Christian school hosts a harvest festival, a harvest party. Mm-hmm. Some people do it uh, trick-or-treat in the trunks. I've oh, seen. Oh, trunk trunk-or-treat. Or treat. That's, that's like the new Christian version. That's the new safe alternative. It's like you don't have to to come in the church. We're in the parking lot. You know, you can come get candy from old white people in their vans. That's not terrifying at all, but also
3: (laughs) I think it's become more prevalent because of COVID. So it was like kind of a distanced Mm -hmm. way and also cheaper, faster, less effort than throwing a full harvest
1: party. I mean, our churches threw down a harvest festival. It was straw everywhere. Mm -hmm. There was like bobbing for apples. I feel like there was usually a dunk tank
2: the harvest parties, the parties yes. I remember a cake walk I won yes. a cake wow. walk one time That's, I won a freaking yeah. cake yeah um, a whole cake
1: I won a whole we did cake. cupcake walks because no, they are probably cake. made out of carrot my church carrot did them cake. wrong
3: because they were like here's a box of Betty Crocker cake mix enjoy go <laughs> oh. do your own fucking labor you Proverbs 31 kid <laughs> and I was like I don't really understand what a Boy cake walk is training. this doesn't make sense to me <laughs> I was bored by it
1: you had you walked away with a box I was like I
3: I will go, Bob, for apples, and I will find 10,000 apples, and I will share my saliva with everyone else who's dunked their head in this tank of apples apples.
1: Did anyone do a maze? We used to have a cardboard maze that was Mm -mm. like built out of cardboard boxes. It was super rad. It was like the whole gym and the teachers and parents would be duct taping boxes together. We didn't have anything scary. There was no scary anything, but there were some, you know, stick your hand in a bag and it's I don't know, it'd be like full of Full of grapes
3: or something. No. Cold spaghetti noodles. Yeah.
1: We didn't do any of that. It was, they wouldn't do gross out or evil. Wow. It was a Harvest Festival. Right. And it was
3: like, go through this maze, hashtag no reason. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good,
2: clean, family fun. That's what it was yes, all Yes, there was a you little know? slide at one point. It was fun.
3: Yeah. Hey, kids, I, get in this box and have fun. That's classic 80s parenting.
2: Also,
1: I mean, I did grow up in Southern California, and we would get home at night, and our parents would be like, see, this is why we don't trick or treat, because there would be like razor blades in candy on the evening news. Those are all urban life legends, by the yes. way. Just FYI. Yeah, Why would wild. my parents be like, this is why we harvest party? <laughs> yeah, it was all part of, like, the
2: satanic panic. It was, like, the razor blades. I heard there was needles in candy. They were lacing like, drugs in candy. Drugs? Yeah.
1: Yeah, all those. Don't eat the chocolate that's white. I'm like, well, it's because it's old. It's not because there's cocaine on it.
2: Right. It was, like, one shady thing happened one time, and then everyone just ran with it and decided that, like, you know, again, yeah. because it's Satan's holidays. I Can we also
1: really
3: <laughs> quickly just look at the logistics of what it would take to put a razor blade in an apple and how easy it would be to be like, oh, there's a razor blade in this apple. And also what asshole gives you a fucking apple for Halloween? Like go ahead and go to the rich neighborhoods <laughs> where you get a full size Snickers
1: or something. We got king size now. We got Shut king up. size in the rich neighborhood in town. Yeah, I'll take you. Oh my God. My kid came back. He literally is like, I don't know, this is enough candy. From one house. <laughs> I want to <laughs> do a one house <laughs> trick or treat <laughs> venture wouldn't, with wouldn't my kids. would
3: be nice? Yes. So
2: oh, you've
1: gone trick or treating with me and my kids. He's like, I don't know, five ish houses, and then he's like, that's kind of a lot of candy. I think last year we maybe doubled that. He was really motivated. He's like, that's enough. And then we usually leave early. Part of what I want to know is clearly we
2: all celebrated Halloween, at least relatively similarly growing up. It's interesting because my parents never, they didn't really talk badly about Halloween, but they certainly weren't into it. I never saw a single one of my parents dress up. We did not do Halloween decorations. It was very much, my parents weren't going to take away the candy and the dressing up from us, but they tried to like minimize it as much as possible. They would take you to a Harvest party event and then, yeah and then we would trick-or-treat in our neighborhood but we would just go like on our street like really quick like to like get it out of the way like my parents were like sure you can dress up sure you can trick-or-treat but really we're just about taking you to church and we were not allowed to dress up as anything scary we were not allowed to dress up as witches so like my costumes guys like a princess I was a raggedy ann doll I was a clown I think it was a butterfly you know stuff like that and I was trying to figure out why was this such a thing and I know that there's a spooky element to Halloween like what's wrong with costumes and candy I mean, I looked up what our good friend Dr. James Dobson had to say on Aww, the subject. bless his heart. Thank
3: goodness. I can't make choices without him. Without yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> so he obviously was
2: very influential to our parents generation and so I pulled up an article from FocusOnTheFamily.com called Should Christians Celebrate Halloween? It's a deep oh, question. I we already. Yeah, it's really good. So the answer is, it depends. God desires faithful obedience for you and your family. For Christians, Halloween offers the opportunity to model faith faithfulness and obedience in our decision making at the very least Halloween provides a conversation starter between you and your kids or a neighbor or even a co-worker from there Halloween presents an incredible opportunity to develop new relationships and share your fate that's how it starts evangelize right? yeah, yeah. Yep. Use, yep. well that's use what harvest everything.
3: parties have you guys been to one in a, <laughs> your adulthood I have I had some dear friends who Isaac and I had both been friends with them weirdly forever but not together and so we became like super besties for a couple years, and we went to some harvest parties with them when they started going back to church. And it is legit so weird how much there is this proselytizing effort in a Halloween experience. Where my kids are little, they're just like, "I want candy," and I'm like, "Cool, get some candy." But yeah, it's a hundred percent evangelism. This was in the an last evangelism. five years. This is in the last, you know, my oldest child is eleven, so it was probably within wow. the last. Well, in the last five years, because it's in the house we live in. We moved there five years ago.
1: What was card the, what was the experience we, like?
3: Pull a card. Great. Beautiful. <laughs> The experience was I literally hate being in a crowd, especially when the crowd is primarily made up of sticky handed children. Mm. I hate it. (laughs) I don't want to be there. I want to leave. The last time I went to one was at this church and it's built weird. It's like a hexagon or an octagon. I think an octagon, the building and the hallways trace that shape, the like main hallway. And they're weirdly narrow. So you would have to walk amongst so many people. We watched a magic show. That
1: was fun. I think my kids really liked that. This terrifying experience you're describing, you're also with your children in costumes yeah. trying to traverse these narrow octagon hallways mm-hmm. to get And keep them to with me. Yeah. And then you would go into a room and there'd be a thing and then mm-hmm. go, oh.
3: Yeah, sometimes. Because it was more chaotic and it was more just like go into the gym and there's just a bunch of random stuff, but there's way too many people to do it all. <laughs> How did they so, talk about Jesus? They did. It in the magic show primarily, or oh. they do it in like
1: Wait.
3: the little Jesus's magic. Yeah, it was the Jesus's magic show. The funny thing
2: is, that there's a magic show because the whole thing is like wizards and witchcraft yeah. and all that. So, like literally, the next part I was gonna read from this focus on the family holiday says: swirling around Halloween's fall mm-hmm. festivities and trick or treating are the not so subtle connections to problematic supernatural practices, despite mm. the distance from its. Peer- period of origin Halloween still remains connected to paganism on a general level Halloween is a time of year celebrated by advocates of Wicca a network of practicing witches as the official religion of witchcraft Wicca believes October 31st to mark the time when the separation between the spiritual and the physical realms is the thinnest in other words Halloween is the best time to try to interact with the supernatural realm according to wiccans
1: well now i have ideas for this year thanks dr dobson <laughs> So it
2: says this leaves Christians in a difficult place. On the one hand, there are elements of Halloween that are harmless and fun. While on another, Halloween can contain sinister influences and promotes behaviors that present troubling realities for families of all backgrounds.
1: Ooh. I'm sorry. Unpack that sentence. What does I that don't fucking mean? know. Troubling realities for families of all backgrounds. You guys, I was reading Frank Peretti during this time. I don't know what he's talking about. I went to a charismatic church where they were slaying demons out of people, speaking in tongues people were getting slain in the spirit and then they're over here being like Halloween is bad I just uh, no I was watching what? movies about people getting their head chopped off with guillotines yes.
2: for not taking the mark of the beast I was reading Frank Peretti and then wasn't allowed to watch The
3: Addams Family so mm-hmm. I suddenly have a new conspiracy theory to just start to vet here just great wonderful oh, okay. yeah okay so pagan slash witchery across many many different cultures have card I'm pulling a card. Okay, great. Have a have a wheel of the year, basically. Like something that is guided by the movements of the sun, the moon, and the constellations. So that is a very human practice across time and place. And that is something I think is really interesting. We found a lot of meaning in the sky and in the seasons of the earth. So we're oriented to this visceral life. When I look at the wheel of the year for Pagan slash, which is Samhain, which is is what Halloween is. It looks like Samhain if you read it. It's like S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Mm-hmm. Samhain is the basically like witch's new year. So it's like Halloween is New Year's Eve. All Saints Day is New Year's Day in the witch's new year. And what I learned about like Dia de los Muertos and I learned about other traditions around honoring ancestors and being connected to them. I always felt very compelled by that. That's a beautiful thing I think and something we do not do because Christians yeah. are so scared of death and Every time we have to broach the topic of death, it just becomes this weird mix between, oh, if you want to see your grandma again, it'll be in heaven, but only if you love Mm. Jesus enough. That is a very interesting thing about Christians. It's like, we can't even accept the fact of death. Revisiting death and being with it is not something that we're built to do in the Christian world. But that said, Advent is also built off of pagan celebrations of solstice and the going down of the lights and that darkest night of the year honestly like Groundhog's Day is the same time as a celebration of Brigid the Celtic goddess there's that also kicks off this Lenten period and Ash Wednesday and all of those things which also align with many different pagan markings and then we get to Easter right like Easter is a Christian holiday about death resurrection and ascension and it's also the spring equinox generally ish and there's also other festivals Ostera is really what Easter is from so those are things things that christians have co-opted really successfully we've got Mm. all seasons have some kind of marking there's the solstices and there's the equinoxes and with christianity ours was not halloween samhain was not welcome because it's about death and we were really good i think at co-opting pretty much all the rest although summer solstice was just like whatever it's summer go go to camp camp go to camp (laughs) so that's my conspiracy theory is that halloween is if you will, because it's about death. It's about death. It's about this life. It's about connecting to ancestors. We don't do that. We're like, well, grandma's dead. I'm just going to see her in heaven. So moving on. But that's
1: not how we necessarily have to experience the world. And that's not how I experience it. And there's that idea that we don't like separation, right? Death is a separation. And so there was always that structure of when you are separated from God, that's the worst possible thing. I an eternal separation from God, going to hell, eternal damnation, really the separation from God was the part, it wasn't about burning or demons or torture. It was about being separated from God. And that to me was such a strong component to the control side and them being like, you have to stay here, stay in it, stay with us because you don't want that eternal separation from God. And they're gonna remind you every time someone dies, well, grandma died, so you don't wanna be separated from grandma. Like, you know, she was a good Christian, like, she's going to heaven. But to move away from death, to embrace separation, I think is a very interesting way of controlling. It is that. It is also that
3: the connection back into the dead, the world of the dead. In Latin America, with Dia de los Muertos, for instance, it is absolutely about celebrating your ancestors and offering them things and remembering them and having a celebration about them and remembering. And telling the stories of their lives. I've never experienced that. The only time I've heard stories of anyone's life is when my grandma, who more recently died, gave me information about her family. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird because I think in my family, if I asked a grandparent to tell me about their lives, everyone's like, are you saying they're gonna die? It's really strange, but I think it's Also, not just the separation part, but the connection back to your lineage, to your people. Because in Christianity, in a lot of ways, even though they were obsessed with genealogy back in the Old Testament, evangelicalism at least, I did not feel like there was a connection to the past or to the people who came before us, except for to celebrate a few heroes here
1: and there. Our American Christian evangelical culture is so young. It's a little tiny baby in the vast cultural life of a lot of other countries, a lot of other places on Earth. And we don't have a culture that we embrace and we embrace Christianity and all of these holidays that we co-opted. I mean, I think you're onto something. It makes sense to me. I like it as a theory. Yeah, I'm, I'm tracking. I mean, Christians are certainly very weird with death and
2: I think part of it is they don't want to admit that it's anything other than rosy and lovely. It can't be spooky and bad, right? That's not allowed because that starts to poke holes in the theory or whatever. And then I also think the generation, like our parents and stuff, it was the satanic panic and there was so much weird rumors going around about the occult and about Satanists. And it was funny, I was thinking the other day, I was like when was the last time I heard a story about someone who like left the Church of Satan and had all the stories about the crazy sacrifice? Like who was that famous Christian author who like faked his entire story about being high up in the Church of Satan? Mike Key. I don't know if you ever heard about him but this this was a speaker. My dad was really into it and really respected and he went around like talking to thousands faked of people. He He had written this book, became a bestseller about how he left the Church of Satan and then it came out that he never did. He was never part of it. He just wanted to have like a good testimony. So Okay, um, you have
1: blown my mind both of you in the past but I didn't know that. I only knew him as the pastor who came out of Satanism. No, Well, you didn't hear his
2: downfall. <laughs> wow. There's
1: an excellent episode of You're Wrong About
3: on this a couple years ago. Amazing. And it's, it's amazing. It's so good. It is one of my favorites. He's always talking about getting chicks and stuff. Oh,
2: man. Yeah, I think with my family and our church and the people in our circles, I think a lot of it is just this fear of if you open the door, what spiritual presences are you going to allow a foothold Remember that word?
1: Yep. Letting them have a foothold in your life. Yep. Did you ever get anointed with oil? Yes. Heck yes. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever have someone lay hands on you and chant something over and over again? Yes. I only had that happen once and I was just pissed and I was old enough to be like, this
3: is stupid. You guys are trying
1: to divert from what's actually happening. But yes,
0: I
3: guess.
1: <laughs> Did you ever have someone convulse next to you? Yes. Or you, yourself convulse? Yes. How many of these were at witch seances? None. Zero. How many of those experiences? None of them. Yeah. Sarai? Surprisingly, none of them. I've definitely only seen that in church. And what
3: witches <laughs> tend to do is cackle a lot and like have fires and say awesome shit and then party down and have fun. <laughs>
1: It's so interesting how terrified our parents were of the satanic panic and how they basically dropped us right into the middle of this cultish experience where they were doing all of these kinds of witchy rituals Mm -hmm. all the time. And then Halloween comes around and they're like, whoa, 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 ma'am. No, that is bad magic. (laughs)
2: It's so wild to me because in our conversation with Dr. Bird, her describing prayer as spell casting, it's like my brain hasn't been allowed to think through the fact like these things are so intertwined. They're so close. And why is it when we put it that this is Jesus, when I'm laying hands on you and you're falling on the floor and shaking or whatever. So that's not demon possession or the occult or Satan or whatever. That's Jesus. But then when you're casting a spell,
1: that's the devil. Also, unless it is a demon, because sometimes it is a demon that you're casting out of somebody Mm. and i've been in a room when that's happening as well as a child i was not allowed to watch ghostbusters or but i was allowed to watch somebody get a demon out of them or something at church oh yeah in real life church in yeah. real
2: life. <laughs> I remember going to, my mom took me to this woman's apartment when I was probably 10 years old. And our church, I think, must have been doing stuff with low-income people. We were, like, delivering food boxes. And she'd asked for help. And she had some, now what I know is mental health issues going on. But, of course, we brought over some people. And we prayed for her. Like, we prayed to cast the demons out of her. Because I remember she was doing a lot of, like, nervous twitches. And she kept taking not real things. She kept taking things off her tongue and, like, wiping. It on her looking back I'm like so it was like fucking schizophrenic you know and here we were just yeah. praying and I was 10 years Ugh. old I didn't know I feel like I look back on that and it's just my like heart hurts for everyone in that situation but again that was acceptable that spiritual realm was fine I just don't know who when wrote that book on I mean it's fucking Dr. James Dobson right like who decided what creepy spiritual things were like God filled and what
3: was like a foothold for the devil and I still am reckoning yes. with some of these things. I was gonna say I'm gonna say probably the Apostle Paul, because he's the root of all of my conspiracy <laughs> theories, and I hate him so much. <laughs> but I do have a story I'd like to share. It's a spooky story about this berry thing. <gasps> Please, are do. you ready? Yeah. Do, do hear we it?
2: need to like dim the lights or anything? Yeah. Everybody at home, if you're listening to this, just make sure it's dark. Mm-hmm. Light a candle. Imagine
3: me with a flashlight under my chin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Telling a story at a campfire, okay. and I'm going to tell you that it's at a campfire mm-hmm. because this happened at. Christian summer camp.
0: <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun,
1: dun. Wait, is this a true story? It's a true story
3: that I experienced. Oh. So, I'd like you all to know that this is a summer camp of fourth through seventh grade or something. So, it's kind of smallish kids, about the age of my kids today. This oh. Is this sleepaway camp or day camp? Yeah, a sleepaway summer camp. My best friend in high school was there with me, and then a couple of our good friends from church were there, and we were taking an evening hike in the dark. And we don't normally do that at camp. And so there was this weird thing where we were walking up in these hills that I knew for a fact had cougars in them. So I was like freaked out because of how much I hate wildlife. So we sat down on the trail at some point, and I guess we were supposed to be meditating and praying or something. And someone nearby us started speaking in tongues. In our denomination, pre-Methodist, in case you forgot from the last time I talked about this denomination thousands of times, we did not believe in <gasps> speaking tongues. Like it oh. wasn't one of the spiritual gifts on our list of things and so we were sitting there and my friend was so scared she was like what's going on oh my god oh my god what's going on like people are speaking in tongues and she's like oh what's that it was a whole thing but then i i just leaned over and I whispered in her ear makalaka hi makani Because that's what Jombie from Pee Wee's Playhouse used to say. And it sounded like speaking in tongues. And then she was so mad at me. And I was just laughing and laughing and laughing (laughs) forever later. Like I remember just sitting on a rock and making Amy scared and laughing about it a lot. Sorry, Amy. I love you so much. I was, was such a dick. Okay, so then, <laughs> so we're sitting there forever. Then we like walk down, and there's this screaming that starts. We walk into the camp. There's this clearing, but surrounded by trees. And then we make a big circle. And the camp director was a woman who is probably in her early twenties or something like that. And she started convulsing and speaking in this demon voice that what? was so. It, I'd never heard anything like it but it literally sounded like in the movies when demons talk. It was like, it didn't sound like her at all. It was like a totally different voice
1: I'm sorry. You're in fourth grade. I was
3: it. I was like 16. Right, <laughs> I was a okay. counselor.
0: Oh, I was a counselor. Yeah, this is Dory.
3: Has everything. It has, but there were fourth graders there. I think this was probably more like a middle school camp walk. Oh. So like sixth to eighth graders, maybe like oh. some. Maybe it was a fourth through ninth grade camp. I think that's what it was. So it was probably like the older version of those kids, but still young people. So we're like in this big giant circle in this weird clearing in the woods. Very witchy if you actually think about it. And this camp director starts convulsing and talking like a demon and then other people start doing it. So it's like, now I think of it and I'm like, mass hysteria, fun. That's
1: amazing. But at the time I was just like, what is happening right now? And Did they like, the, like, were they all speaking in tongues and this was like a positive experience or were they?
3: No. Oh. It became an experience of people People casting out demons and it was very dramatic and i remember holding hands wow. with my friends and we were all standing facing outward from the circle the guy that was leading it was this 23 year old youth pastor who we had a weird creepy will they won't they vibe going on so he's like you have to be the spiritual warriors and we oh. just like held hands around this circle and prayed intensely this like went on literally all night until wow. the morning when we out finally got campers it wasn't that far away from the camp but yeah like it was it was a very rustic camp with a pool I mean, that people pooped in every year. It yeah. wasn't
1: like in the sanctuary. No, we were outside. It was
3: outside. So we stay outside all night praying and then somehow this thing happens. I guess everyone got their demons cast out. Yay, hooray. And then was it when I the remember the sun came
1: up and they all glittered yeah. and then and they all were they like we're healed? glittering. <laughs> they were all glittering. Cuz oh that gosh. how I happened. Oh my god. Basically
3: the ending of the story is me sitting on a fence and talking to this 23-year-old youth pastor prophesying then and at other times God told me I'm going to get married again and it's going to be somebody that's yeah, like he had a wife when I first met him. Him, and then she left him for some w- reason, and everyone was really concerned and sad for him. But mm. definitely but creepy him, stuff.
1: God told yeah. him he was going to marry someone else,
3: somebody else with like a beautiful voice and who was <gasps> seven years younger than him. <gasps> specifically, how old I was, you know. It's like sounds that kind of stuff.
1: like. He did he really say that?
3: High? Yeah, he said all of that. Seven. Well, and, oh, and, like, somehow God's my parents number. allowed me to be in a van with him driving to Roseburg, which is like an hour away, alone. Sexy. To, it was weird. <laughs> like they would never let me do that with any boy, but they're like, oh, he's a youth pastor. I'm like, ew. And then told some of that stuff, and my mom was kind of like, if you're going to college, you have to leave the state. And I was like, all right, because of this guy. (laughs) This
1: isn't the scary part, but it should be, because it is actually the weirdest, creepiest part. Yeah, I like how we did not deal with sexual predators in the 90s. That was just not a thing we dealt with. I mean, it's still a thing that Christians Christians are still not dealing with it, let's
2: be honest. Maybe a little slap on the wrist, maybe a little cover-up, you know. No. You name it. Yeah. I have a question and then I have a story. Also don't
1: forget to pick a card. <gasps> I want to pick a card now. <laughs> no, it's in a deck. It's literally just a stack of cards. You can't pick it. Right when I show it to you I'm like this is a stack of cards. Pick your card. And then you're like now but there's nothing happening. You have to I'm picking a card. Okay. So be with me, and I'll say now when I'm ready. Okay, ready? Okay.
3: Now. Perfect. Did you get one? Yes. We're there. Can you just sneak peek, tell me what it was? <laughs> right now? Yeah. No. You don't have to tell me the meaning or anything. I just want to know no. what card it is. No.
1: Oh, my God. I don't look at it. I don't look at it. I don't look at it before the reading.
3: You don't.
2: Okay, man. She's inviting demons to, to the party. Oh. So I have a question, Sarai, about your story. What do you think happened that night? Do you think they were all faking it? Do you think they were demons? Do you think that people can, like, mind meld and sort of convince each other? Like, what, what's your theory as to
3: what actually happened? Do you have a theory? I, I mean, I do. I, I think I said it earlier, which is mass hysteria, which is, like, a real thing that happens. So it's suggestion. It's suggestibility. It's people being in a space of, like, high attunement kind of spiritually, like in that moment, everyone was having a lot of emotions. We were on this night walk with just us and God and looking at the stars and praying. And then all this stuff starts happening and things come up for people. I mean, the other reality is the people who are affected by this were people that I knew had a lot of trauma and abuse and other things that had happened to them in their lives that then was sort of reimagined by the church or like those doctrinal teachings that it had allowed a foothold for the devil and that these people were possessed with demons because of what other people had done to them. Mm right like that's yeah. literally what it was yeah. yeah so it is I think it's a trauma response that someone had and like experiencing a breakthrough or an emotional break and then other people followed suit and then because of the spiritual like heightened experience yeah. I think that's where that mass hysteria kind of came in and I don't think anyone was consciously trying to fuck with us like I think it was a genuine it felt experience real to they them. were having yeah it yeah. felt real yeah, to them in that moment but totally and I just don't think it was like a demon I just don't believe right. that's a Thing. So do you think people can be possessed by
2: spirits or and or demons? Do you think they can be possessed by something supernatural that is not themselves?
3: I don't believe that can happen unless you're choosing to channel another spirit and like being in the zone with that spirit and inviting it in. Officially inviting it in. I'm working with witches and stuff. It's not like, oh, we're just going to connect to the dead. You know, I've, I've done a lot of mediumship work, a lot of witchy work. Like it's it's all a part of being with the present moment and also creating a circle recognizing we're creating a safe and sacred place this is only for good spirits good ancestors those who are have our well-being at heart i'm not practicing some kind of weird bloody witchcraft that's like let's sacrifice the dog (laughs) it's so weird that that's like what people think of witchery is so much more life-affirming and helpful and empowering to me than christianity ever could even want to be it just is such a different experience to me to go, okay, I'm going to use divination like Meg is doing with this podcast in her reading tonight. That's a thing that helps me know what my intuition is saying by putting it outside of myself because otherwise I don't really always know what my intuition is saying because I was taught so much to subjugate it, shut it down, don't listen to it, whatever I want is wrong, whatever suffering is, is what God wants. That was how I thought of everything.
2: what What a fun time. All the fun mental gymnastics we had to do when we were younger. Do you want me to tell a creepy story? It's not fully Halloween related, but I just, it's like the creepiest story that I have, and there is a church tie-in. So, when I was 16 years old, I lived in Northern California. I went to a Christian high school. My dad was a pastor of a small church, and there was quite a bit of infighting in this small church, and in fact, I don't quite remember why, but we had asked our youth pastors to leave and, like, step down there with some things, and I had had some things with them, like my youth pastor's wife, like, screamed at me, literally got in my face, screamed at me. She told all my friends that I was trying to steal their boyfriends and that I was basically a slut and I had never had a boyfriend. It was already. Sorry, intense. was so they- she my mom? <laughs> was my mom somehow there? <laughs> uh, was she was your mom a youth pastor in North in Northern California? Also, my youth pastors were incredibly wealthy. Drove a convertible, what was the fancy Dodge, Dodge Viper? My youth pastor looked kind of like Fabio, really tan, long blonde hair, and then his wife was the epitome of like resting bitch face and she was kind of this bigger lady who always had really long fingernails and she would just snap about anything so all that to say we have an out with them we asked them to step down i think they get kicked out of the church like there was a lot of weirdness and he was kind of surprise surprise kind of creepy my sister later was Mm. like oh yeah he kind of did some grooming things towards me never tried it towards me because my bullshit radar they go for the ones like my sister who are much more at the time she was like really reserved And she was much more bought into the faith stuff so that you could pray on the the Jesus is calling, where I was just like, no.
3: (laughs) If I had a dollar for every Christian college boy and also this 23-year-old youth pastor who said, God wants us to be together— I would be the richest woman this side of my office. <laughs> God's telling a lot of dudes a lot of things. And I was always like, well, Why isn't
2: God telling me this thing that He's telling you? Weird. God, it's weird that only you can hear him. Like it's so weird that only you can hear
1: him. <laughs> They're like, But I have a penis. And I'm like, Oh, that oh, makes sense. Right, okay, right right, right, right. We talked earlier about how they were trying to stop our intuition. Mm-hmm. This is just another instance of that. It's like the man is gonna hear from God mm-hmm. and you need to trust the man heard from God. We're too hysterical. You won't We can't hear his voice properly. I mean, why trust your own intuition? Also, God's not going to speak to a woman. I I love the thing about it that's like, even though
3: you think I'm super gross and you want to barf when you think of kissing me, God told me that we should be together. It's like, you're like sold. (laughs) Can can you tell God for me?
1: Could you just ask if he could like make me horny for you really quick? Because I don't really want to do that. That'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, they got two good things out of us in that. They got our intuition stripped away, and they got us to believe that men are the only ones who hear from God. So good job on that twofer.
2: Yeah. It's a great time. So back to my rich youth pastor. We lived in the middle of nowhere in Northern California. My best friends would have a hard time, and this is in the days before freaking Google Maps on your phone. You would have to print out the MapQuest directions to get to people's houses. We lived (laughs) in the freaking woods. We lived in the middle of nowhere. We went on a family vacation for a week. I had a treasured pet bunny named Stefan. If you know me, you know I currently own bunnies. I am a bunny person. So I had this bunny, Stefan. We had friends that were like loosely house sitting for us, they were like feeding the animals, whatever. We get back from our trip. I immediately go to check on my beloved bunny, Stefan. And I'm gonna throw out a trigger warning here for people who don't want to hear about animal death. I'm about to kill that vibe. So <laughs> I open the door. My beloved pet rabbit at our house in the middle of freaking nowhere has been skinned and <gasps> this like skin removed. I don't know where I went to, placed back in the cage with the door locked and its feet had been cut off and its feet had been taken. <laughs> what
3: okay. I'm sorry, that is I was gonna say I can't believe he fatal attraction, do you? But this is so much worse than (sighs) fatal attraction, which is weird to say because that's one of the most disturbing scenes I feel like I've ever seen. I cannot imagine.
2: We had, so, like, we had to call the police. police came out. They interviewed me. They were like, do you have any enemies who would no. want to do this to you? They were, like, investigating it to see if it was, like, satanic ritual or whatever it was. And they determined that it wasn't. I don't know how you determine that. But let yeah, me tell you, they, they checked. what kind
1: of an investigation was that? I'd love to see I don't the report. Know.
2: And then my mom had this great idea. We lived in a small town. The paper came out to interview us. And, like, my mom had this great idea. We are going to say that we forgive whoever did this. And I was like, that was Ooh. all her thing.
3: You're like, not me.
2: We have to witness to people, even even in the midst of our trauma. And then I remember my Bible teacher at my Christian high school mocked me in front of the entire class for what? an article. He was like, yeah, pom. she because of her dead rabbit, like she gets a front page article. So that was terrible. I racked my brain. And so I was just like, it must have just been like freaking teenagers or something. That so that's what my parents told me that like stumbled onto our property, which is again, thinking through it, I'm like, no one can just stumble to my house. We live in the middle of like, you have to know how to what? get here. And yeah, it was Years later, that my parents told me they never confirmed it, but my dad was straight <gasps> up like, "Yeah, I think it was your youth pastor because things were just going down." And they, my dad was like, "He's that evil." Oh. Like they had always like been at odds with me and our family. They're really mad at our family when they're getting kicked out of the church.
1: And I can't prove it. I cannot prove it. But did your youth pastor murder your rabbit? <laughs> like I need someone to track down this youth pastor. And I no, need don't answers. do it. Like I just need him to come on and tell me, look, dude, I just want to know. Yeah, like no cool one's gonna here, press man. charges. Oh well, yeah, I already did I a newspaper really article saying know. I forgave you. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> also, what the? <laughs> it's in the writing. Hell.
2: We're all cool here, but like, but like, did Stefan need to die? Oh my Rude. gosh, what the fuck? Yeah, no, pretty messed he didn't. up. And he took all four took lucky, lucky rabbit, rabbit paws. paws, and I was just like, the fact because people were just
3: like, well, what if like an animal no. got? It? I'm like, no. Nope. It's a great precision that this wild dog had to be able to unlock a cage, get the rabbit out, dismantle it very specifically, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then put it back and lock the door again.
1: Doggies are kind of wild, though, you know? Yeah. Could have been a coyote. Very wily. I'm sorry. They're putting it back and not eating the meat. Also, I'm going to say this for all the kids out there having fun and getting into trouble. Keep doing that. Just like good fun, trouble, whatever. But kids are not going to, they're not going to like stumble upon a property and be like, oh, no one's home. Oh, there's a rabbit. Oh, let's get it alive and take the. <laughs> oh, no. So I don't know how you guys feel. Like, we've talked a lot about how we were raised to
2: view Halloween. I decided this year like, I want to be the queen of Halloween. I am embracing this holiday so fully. Whatever you may think about creepy. Some people aren't into spooky things and some kids are really sensitive and have a hard time with like the decorations and the blood and the gore. I get that. I mean there are houses all drive by Halloween decorations and I'm just like ew. I don't like gore. (laughs) I don't like scary movies. I'm a wimp when it comes to them. But dude the last few Halloweens all my nieces and nephews they request to come to my house now for Halloween because our neighborhood does it up so right. There's so much joy. I did not know how much joy could be involved because Christmas sure there is joy but there's so much stress especially for me like with gift-giving and a person who hosts I tend to cook our big family meals (laughs) I don't gotta cook shit on Halloween. Uh, Last year I set a bowl of candy a lot of candy and I like to give good candy because also if there's any left over then I get to eat it so I left a big bowl and I like wrote on a white pumpkin I had take one happy Halloween because I'm not gonna be there to hand out candy because I'm trick-or-treating with my kid and we had just moved in to a new house I met all of my neighbors by trick-or-treating it was like a wonderful way to know people on on my street that I had never seen before. <laughs> you get to see so many adorable children. The adorable children and pets. leader is like off the charts. The dressed and up I know pets. that some people yeah. like, adorable pets. And sure, when you're younger, do you go to parties and there's like a lot of girls dressed up as slutty nurses? Yes. Is that annoying? Yes, but whatever. If you want to be a slutty nurse, you do you. I'm not stopping you. I loved a good nerd costume. And I feel like post-college, I like an excuse to dress up and I like an excuse to like throw an event. I will say, in the pandemic, my neighborhood like came together and they found a way to like celebrate Halloween safely. Someone made a Google map and mapped out all the places that were doing socially distanced trick-or-treating so that kids could go. So like saved the map on my phone and my sister and her kids came with me and I feel like in a really, really stressful, this is in 2020, like the first Halloween and it mm-hmm. was the most healing night. There were people who had made zip lines where a witch with a bucket comes flying down the zip line to like get your candy out of. There's people who made like candy delivery shoot. There was like, this was in the hand sanitizer phase. There was like a thing of hand sanitizer, you
1: sanitize and then you take a piece of candy it was so cool, though. The the innovation, the excitement, the level that people went yeah. to, like these huge PVC pipes. And they'd be like, what do you want? You know, and then yes. they just throw it down yes. and just the joy of it all. And then everyone got to dress up still. And it's like, are the kids more excited
2: or like the people who are giving the candy? And it was so
1: fun, right? Fun. It wasn't like gross out or terrifying or it just kind of made it the thing that I always thought Halloween should be, which is just a super fun time to dress Dress up, have quirky, funny outfits. There's lots of punny outfits. Mm -hmm. I remember one of my favorite ones a friend wore. He's just this big, burly guy. He went to Goodwill, and he got a pink slip, and he wrote Freudian on it. (laughs) And it was awesome. That's amazing. That's okay. a really clever costume. It was awesome. Yeah,
2: I don't know. Maybe this is my little, like, ex-evangelical rebellion, but I'm stocking up. I got I got my Halloween decorations. You got my friend, my skeleton. But I have so many hanging skeletons now. And last year, I was so proud because I let Margot. We went to the store together to pick out some Halloween decorations. And the one thing she begged for, and that we, we put on our front fence is, like, this severed hand. Nice. <laughs> That's what she picked out of all the decorations. <laughs> she oh wasn't even gosh. seven. Yeah, she was six years old. She's like, Mom. We need this bloody hand. I was like, great. Done and done. Okay, to be fair, I do think at the time her favorite movie was Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. So yeah, I know, which is so funny because I don't know that I wasn't allowed to watch that movie. It came out when I was in junior high, I think. But my parents sure shit weren't going to like watch it in our house. It was not going to be shown in our house.
1: So I love that. No, I didn't watch it till I was yeah. an adult. i still yeah, not and seen it. And then Margot felt absurd. That's wild. Oh, it's great. You should watch, when you should should watch it. When we took Margot to Disneyland when she was four years
2: old and we told her she could pick one souvenir, One stuffy out of all of the things, she got a Jack Skellington doll. No Elsas for that girl. Yeah. That's cute. So, yeah, it took me a little bit to uh, come around to this holiday. I never thought it was evil, but I think I just didn't understand it. And there was always a little bit of fear. The fear of the razor blades, the fear of the, the Satanists and all that I certainly was part of it. But I think it just dawned on me that, like, oh, I can just do this. I can decorate. I can put up witches and whatever. My mom's not going to like it, but she'll deal. She'll still love it. Can I share with
3: you <laughs> two evangelical loopholes that you could have exploited even all along? Please. First. Please. There's a play. If you have... Haven't seen it? I can't believe it. It was everywhere for a while—the late '90s, early 2000s—called "Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames." And yep. do you remember that? Yep. And, and it was like they try
2: to—they uh, try to scare the hell out of yeah. you. Yeah, literally, Lich. But they yep. could do gore and because that's like, what hell out is like. stuff. Yes. Yeah, yes, So yes,
3: you're like, yes. oh, these teenagers
1: are walking <laughs>
2: right, out right.
3: on Lovers Lane, and now they're driving home and they're dead, and in hell. How do you like that? <laughs> I don't think you do. <laughs> you should accept Jesus and go to heaven. Anyway, I also love homemade hell houses. Evangelicals would go buy all the scary, mm, yes. like jump scare, every kind of awesome, stupid Halloween prop and set them up in their houses and like hang black plastic everywhere else so people would go through some specific sequence of terror. And at the end, you had to have somebody talk to you about Jesus before they'd let you out the final gate
1: my old boss used to do it. Yeah, ours, they would give yeah. us tracks. Yeah. We would get the Halloween tracks at those yeah. at the Hell House. And I was like, I'm already
2: saved. Doesn't matter. Oh. I dodged that bullet. I'm really glad. I'm so glad I missed it. I dodged that bullet. I don't know how. I definitely remember getting tracks. And I remember the Halloween tracks. And that was a big part of the harvest parties. But then some people, that's what they would give out with their trick-or-treating. I was also just thinking, were there people about like testaments? Was that a way to evangelize on Halloween? Oh. That would have been so That's smart. Too yeah, no one's giving oh. you five dollar mints. I mean, is your soul worth five dollars?
3: Just saying. Maybe. No, not at all. <laughs> no. I feel like, in all reality, no. what kid wants
1: some no. fucking? They're not mints. gonna say like, that. No,
3: thank you. This almost as insulting as getting a weird handful of raisins mm, from raisins. somebody, yeah. which my yeah. child actually the did. Mold. The toothbrushes. So he has the child, like a peanut brushes. allergy. Wait, a yeah. handful? Uh, toothbrushes. Yeah, that's funny. I think that's a funny prank. But my kid, he was like three or <laughs> four, or five or something. And he would go and, like, Hi, do you have any candy without peanuts? Because I'm allergic to peanuts. And since we live in Eugene and everyone's like, Oh no, but I do have some dates. Would you like some raisins? I have some in a package here. How about some chocolate chips? I'm just like, You're fine. You don't need to give him ingredients. Don't worry. He's got a lot of candy he can eat
1: here. <laughs> We're not trying to bake a cake tonight. But oh, she <laughs> just needs you should. borrow a cup mean, of you, sugar, should. You, you could just, just die right in at it every in. house. Uh, are we ready to
2: conjure up some demons it always comes back to demons I'm sorry I just my but
1: you guys my entire youth was
2: filled with reading books about envisioning all of the demons that are on top of my garage right now just waiting for the opportunity just waiting for me to click on that one website that opens the gate to Satan's heart but
1: it also creates a portal into your brain that then Satan owns yeah but what if
3: Jesus is in your heart in his cute little Room with one picture on the wall, and is like, I think this is in your brain. brain, I'm going to go up there and vanquish him. I feel like that's the kind of Jesus I wanted in my heart to go vanquish satans in my brains he would just needed to be a prayer warrior is what you needed to be warrior one thing i do really want is a ouija board because i think it's the cutest and funniest thing and i also would like to use it for the first time with you two if and when i ever procure one just fyi so get ready for even more horror that awaits us
1: i think a ouija board is a beautiful piece of artwork All right, Meg. Lay it on us. us. All right, settle in. What is the fate of Holy Ghosting? Okay. The first card, the Empress. Look at this babe. Mm -hmm. Total babe. She's She's cute. I like it. She's in a white dress. She has a crown sitting very regally. She's got glorious hair. She's She's beautiful. A gorgeous. Yeah, she's a gorgeous woman. Oh, she's such a good vibe. Okay. This is the benevolent goddess alive and connected to the world through passion and pure emotion. I feel like that's just (laughs) the podcast in general. Major Arcana looking good. Like we are really out the gate. Okay. Think less, feel more, and embrace self-love and use that self-love to build a stronger and more profound Connection with everyone around you. Next card: Nine of Cups. Ooh, okay, her arms are
2: crossed, her legs are crossed. She's sitting on a bench underneath. I don't know how many cups. She nine. looks.
1: She looks like she. Gonna looks say like nine. Guarded. She does have a pleasant okay, look on her face, but she does the, have the body language is yeah, closed. She does have her arms crossed not open. and her legs crossed. Mm, interesting. I think it's because she's been working hard because the nine of cups is the time to treat yourself, to do something that you want and show yourself the love that you deserve. She's yeah. wearing heels and she's on a very uncomfortable looking bench. I think this is depicting the labor and the work and that that means it's time to enjoy the things, do the goods. I think this just means we need to remember the fun parts, which I do all the time in doing this with you ladies. I think it's about embracing the goodness. I mean, we laugh about it and we have to, like it took us an hour to get going on this episode, but also we get to just hang out and be together with our friends. So And make obtuse references to things like heavens,
3: gates, hells, flames, and have everyone know what you're talking about. (laughs) That is a true gift. It's a
2: special connection. That is a gift. It really is.
3: Once again, everybody, we didn't okay. meet until we were adults. So we did not grow up together. <laughs> yeah. Soraya
2: and I didn't meet until our first day recording this podcast. And true. And we have true. so much
1: stuff in common. Yeah. It's creepy. I did that on we purpose.
2: we kind of raised in the cult. So <laughs> yay. Same day.
1: Yeah, yeah. Here is our final, the Knight of mm. Pentacles. He's like a chill dude on a horse. Okay. The and Knight a, is, yes, yeah. hanging out on a horse. Pentacle.
2: Mm-hmm. Holding a pentacle, some great
1: pants on that night. And by the way. yeah, he's got good fashion. It's just, it's kind of a a pastoral kind of not earthy youth vibe. Pastoral, though. No, <laughs> never. No, that that character did not look
3: like Fabio. Thank goodness.
1: All right, this is a solid, dependable, and serious work ethic. They have no problem keeping their head down and getting the work done, and they will do mm. it perfectly. Mm-hmm sometimes the reason why we don't have episodes come out. Here's how I like to think of a spread of three. It's like past, present, future.
3: And past is like we are the empress together. We've created this place of let's take the nonsense that we've been through and make it something useful maybe or at least cathartic for us. (laughs) Hopefully other people are getting something out of it. And then the next being that, you know, you're kind of doing the work, the work is going on, and, you know, I'm going to go home. I was going to stay here and clean this, total mess hound of my office but instead I think I'm just gonna go home and take a salt bath. So I feel like that Knight of Pentacles is like we're just on the cusp of dialing this in. We're gonna do it. It's gonna happen.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I think that vibe of the hard work is gonna pay off. Toil away. Get shit done. The Knight of Pentacles is yeah, obviously. <laughs> like we're gonna work hard at this. We're gonna do this shit. We're not giver uppers is a technical term that I think we've all been diagnosed with and we're here. We're, we're gonna keep doing this. So whether or not we're making costumes for our kids or decorating for Halloween, we're always (laughs) holy ghosting. We sure are, y'all. It's in our name, right? Like we've got those little spirits. They're hanging out
2: with us. Whoever they are, I don't think of them as demons trying to crawl in through my garage and possess my soul anymore. There's something out there. And that's the (laughs) thing about the spiritual is it is beautiful and it's a little spooky and we can't fully understand it. And there's something wonderful about that. I just think y'all should go do up this Halloween. Embrace it. Dress up. If you haven't in a
1: while, dressing up is fun. Yeah, fun. I was from DeVille last year and I had a ball. It was so fun. I love that. Yeah. You got to see all Lindsay's costumes year after year. Just I some d- really I do like fun. I really like to dress up. Good oh, Remember costumes. I went as I mean, bad as just...
2: Janet one year? Oh, from oh the. My God, yes.
1: That's the one of best. my favorites. Yeah. And I just. Yeah, dink. Also, when yeah. <laughs> your daughter was a baby and your husband was Luke Skywalker and your daughter was. He wore her in a backpack. Okay, it was really. So it, he literally has dreamt of that costume since
2: he knew we were having a child. Like, he was like, I will be Luke Skywalker carrying Yoda through the swamps of Dagobah. I will be doing that.
3: Nerd. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. It was so amazing. Cool. I dress up like a so many good costumes. homicidal maniac every year because it, they just look like the rest of us. <laughs> Uh, Now I get it! Just get Last year I put on a really crackly skin mask and looked like a zombie and painted my face and dyed my hair (laughs) for a really long time. I was a mombie and I had a robe on and it was fun. (laughs) And it's also funny because where we live it's mostly old people. No offense, they're also fine, but they don't go trick-or-treating very much for some reason. So mostly it's our friends specifically bringing their children to our house.
1: That was fun. We like to do it up every year. It's fun to go dress up. I have a real hard time getting my husband to do it, but we go out. We have fun. We go to like our five to ten houses, our kids then done and we go home and we start a tradition where we all watch something. It's not a scary thing either. It doesn't have to be scary. It could just be fun things and just hang out be together as a family and it's a good excuse to just have a junk food day and you know eat whatever and just who cares? Enjoy, embrace it. No one's getting demon possessed. We're we're all all gonna be fine. fine. I'm gonna put all the cards. Uh, We'll put pictures of our past costumes. Find us on socials. Please go and Tell us your Halloween stories. Tag us on social
2: media. Like, we want to know, what did you go to growing up? I did find out in doing research for this episode, there is also a faction of Christians that thought harvest parties were bad as well. Anything you did on October 31st was, like, inviting the devil in. Oh, yeah, what a no, bummer. Super bummer. <laughs> or, like, was Those there... Those are the people
3: who are like, oh, do you want some raisins?
2: Right? Or tell me your Not most bitch. embarrassing <laughs> Christian costume. Like, did you dress up as Salty the Singing Songbook one year? <gasps> like, I want to know. <gasps> I would right? love to I see know. that okay. costume. We have to talk about that We will. Later. We will. I never Chirty dressed up house? as anything Cherry super Christmas. Jesus-y, so I want to know. I mean, I was a girl, so I clearly couldn't dress up as Jesus. That wasn't allowed, and I don't want to be Mary. So I want to know, were any of you Larry the Cucumber? Like, give it to me straight. What What is your most embarrassing Christian <laughs> costume? I want to know. And happy Halloween, and don't eat any candy with razor blades. This has been... Just say no to razor. A really fun episode of Holy Ghosting.